Hey everybody, I'm back from the flu, and today we're going to talk about one of the dumbest arguments in writing and why you should probably have an idea of where you're going before you leave the house. There are a lot of silly, kind of pointless debates about writing process out there. There are, there are a bunch of them. But among all of these silly, pointless writing debates, among all of the things we waste way too much energy on, is the debate between pantser and plotter. Now, that's the last time I'm going to use those words, or at least I'm going to really try because I'm not six, right? <clears throat> so, the person who writes improvisationally or by the seat of their pants, as the really witty name comes from, uh, is viewed in this debate as the organic writer, the true writer from whom genius and divinity pours forth through their pen, and it's amazing and wonderful and everything is amazing and great. Our work is wondrous and divine and inspired and brought down from the gods. There are a lot of writers that ascribe to this theory. I'm not entirely certain I believe all of them. I think this is a really romantic take, to be honest with you. But among them, the most famous, most famous organic, quote-unquote, writer is probably Stephen King. So we have that. And then on the other side, you have the outline people who can point to writing courses and curricula and can run through every process book and show you how an outline is the proper way to write. It is the calculated, perfect, precise means by which you create a story. Now, both of the sides in this argument are wrong because they're ignoring a fundamental truth, which is that writers write based on what works for them. So, for example, take Stephen King. Okay, I'm certain Stephen King writes in his way, and let's assume that it is 100% organic, and he just sits down and just pours out of him. And maybe it does. Okay, great. And if you want to write like that, that might work. I'd also point out, if you've read a lot of Stephen King, he has a real problem with endings. I have yet to read a Stephen King book that I liked the ending on. I mean, I love the storytelling, but the ending is like, it, it is. It's like watching a man with no hands try to tie a balloon, right? Like, it's, it's, it's clumsy, and maybe that's part of that process. Maybe he's just bad at endings. I don't know. But my point is, before we start throwing down names and being like, oh, yes, well, you know, a famous outline person, Matt, is James Patterson. That's true. That's true. Patterson's a big outline person. He also writes stuff that is formulaic AF, Right? That's, that's what we're dealing with, okay? So either side, this is why this is a dumb debate. But I bring it up for a reason, right? Because you might be going, why, why are we talking? We've been on this like three minutes now, Matt. Why are we talking about, you know, why are we talking about this debate that you say is stupid and has six-year-old names? Well, the reason we're talking about it 
is because I, I use a method that's kind of between the two that I think is more realistic, that I think most writers do. I think the truth is most writers in their process are a combination of both of these things. And that the writers that more loudly proclaim they're one way or the other are just trying to create a blog post to get you to come read it so they can cash in. Now, if you've been keeping up with us, we've been doing a series, right? We've been talking about taking an idea from your head and getting it to the page. And we're firmly in the pre-writing setup. So where have we gone so far? We talked about formulating that idea and really exploring that idea just in its genesis. And we talked about doing the brain dump thing I love, writing down everything you know, everything you want to know, everything you need to research, all that good stuff. Then we talked about developing characters. We talked about characters by both what they are and by the negative space around them. And then we talked last week, after I recovered heroically from the flu, I don't know if there was anything heroic about it, but it sounds good. Then we talked about using your setting as a character to create more depth and exploring setting as you would a character. So we've done a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of this conceptual stuff. But stories have plots. I'm not going to get into this story beat plot point, like overly dissecting a story. We're just talking about practically creating here. And stories have things that happen. There are events. There are plots. There are story beats or whatever the hell you want to call it in story analysis class in your MFA. Right? They are. But they do. They are a series of events that happen. How do we get those events down? How do we know what's coming? Today we're talking about outlining. I know all of you quote-unquote organic writers just went, no, Matt, no, tell us you're not an outliner. Oh, but I am. Oh, but I am. Oh, great, you're going to be superior. No, because I don't outline like your English teacher did either. So I'm going to talk to you about why I outline how I outline, and how I use that in my writing process to actually generate organic ideas. Okay? So let's talk about why I outline. A couple reasons. One, I personally find that writing without an idea of where I'm going can often lead me to write myself into a corner. What do I mean by that? Well, you're writing a story, you're working, and you're doing a thing, and all of a sudden you stop and you're stuck. You blame writer's block or the muses have left you. They've gone to get happy hour or whatever. I don't know what to, what your excuse is. But the reality is you just walked your, you've written yourself into a place where you don't know what's coming next. This is a real problem with that, you know, by the seat of your pants style of writing is you can often write yourself into a place where you just don't know what's coming next. And you kind of meander and, and slog through and you're not quite sure. And especially on stories where like you want to maintain a fast pace. So say you're writing a horror story or you're writing a thriller where tension and pacing are really important, right? Like in a thriller, pacing is really important. In a horror story, pacing is super important. If you have some fear stuff coming up, if you're building tension and creating fear and us wondering what's behind the door, and then you write yourself into a corner and we get into this mucky, meandering moment before the door opens, you break the mood and we're done, Right, we're done. I mean, some people might not even keep reading the story because you just pulled them out of that moment. Same thing in a thriller. If we're chasing the killer, it has to move. Okay? So this is one of the reasons that I outline, because I am prone to writing myself in corners. I'm not too proud to admit my errors as a writer to you. I am prone to writing myself into corners. I start a story, and I'll be like, okay, cool. And I have a really neat idea, and I have a point A, and I have a point B, and I'm like, I'll just kind of figure out my way to get there. And then suddenly I'm stuck. 
right? So later in life, this was not what I used to do. I did not used to write outlines. I used to very much be the quote-unquote organic writer. That's what I'm calling it. I'm not using the six-year-old word. Um, but I did. I used to be that way. I used to just sit down and let it all flow forth from my genius. But as I got older, I discovered that, that I was losing a lot of good stories and wasting a lot of time trying to meander through mud of my own making. So I developed an outline practice. I hate outlines. I hated them in high school. I hated them in college when they were required. Very rarely, thank God, the best part of going to college was like teachers just didn't care about it. They were like, I don't know, you outline it so you can research. What do you want to see? The paper? I'm not reading your outline. I have other shit to do. Like, that was the best part. I don't like outlines. I don't like the, you know, Roman numeral, big Roman numeral one point, sub point A, sub point little one. I, I don't like it. I've never liked that. It's too detailed for me. Honestly, if you can get to that level of detail on your entire story, you probably have no need for an outline. And trying to write those outlines just drives us nuts. So here's what I do when I outline. I've told you why. I do it to avoid writing myself into a corner. I do it so I know where I'm going, so I can have kind of a roadmap, right? Think about an outline like a roadmap for a trip. For those of you that were not born pre-GPS, a roadmap is this little paper thing we used to look at and kind of try to figure out where we are and where we were going. It added some interesting excitement to road trips, especially if you decided to take a shortcut. Um, this was before you had the voice to just tell you where to turn. So what you're doing when you do an outline is you're creating a roadmap. Look, when I was younger and I would go on a road trip by myself or with friends, I would take a road map and I would have an idea of where I was going, but that didn't mean I never deviated from the map. Oh, wait a minute. What, Matt? Yes, you can deviate from your outline. Your outline is a road map. It is a base form so that you can keep moving forward so you don't get stuck because you just didn't plan on anything. Right? It's a way for me to let out thoughts. I know I kind of went back into a point, but the, the, the idea here is it's a way for me to get thoughts and to get a general story out on a piece of paper in a logical sense, you know, get a sequence going so I know what I'm doing and where I'm going. And that gives me security to now explore and let things organically happen within the work because I don't have to worry about what's coming next. The pressure is entirely off of me. I have something, if I seem like I'm lost, I go, oh no, no, that's where I'm going. And I'm good. It also, as an exercise, lets me think through the plot and write that stuff down. It gives me an idea of where I'm going. That's important. Knowing where we're going and what we want to accomplish is important. So it's not that you're writing an outline because, oh, yes, the outline is the appropriate way. If you, if you write an outline like I do, it's because it's a useful tool. If it weren't a useful tool, I wouldn't do it. It might be a useful tool for you. If you are listening to me and you've been trying this organic writing method and you go, shit, yeah, I do get stuck a lot. And I spend like days trying to get unstuck. Might I suggest trying a simple outline? Not because organic writing is wrong. Not because outlines are great. But because pre-planning everything or writing from the seat of your pants are both extreme bullshit philosophies of how to create a story that are not practical in the slightest. And again, I highly doubt anyone does 100% of either. I have the real feeling that even Stephen King has kind of a hybrid writing process. I'm just saying, I don't believe people that say, yes, I'm just 100% whip it from my butt every time. I just don't buy it. 
maybe that's a flaw of me. I also don't believe someone can plan every tiny detail. That would be the most boring story of all time. So how do I write an outline? Right? I told you why. It gives me a roadmap. It lets me go. It lets me feel secure. I avoid getting into corners. How do I do it? Okay, Matt, you sold me. How do I write my outline? I don't want to go super deep. How do you do it? I'll tell you. I take a piece of paper out and I write my story's working title at the top. And then I break my story down because I'm a theater guy, right? I started learning as a playwright. So I break my story down into scenes. You can call them dramatic beats if you want. Although, again, for me, I don't use that terminology because dramatic beats in, in a piece of theater are not scenes. Scenes, you can have multiple beats occur within one scene. So I avoid this whole like storytelling beat versus plot point discussion because it's not the language that I learned writing under. Right, you can have different dramatic beats within the same scene. So to say, well, you know, there's a this plot point is a beat. It's not. It's it's a plot. It's a scene. Just call it a scene. It's simple, right? It helps you think visually too. A lot of writers, if you're younger writers, you've probably grown up on a lot of film and television, and you know what a scene is. So write down scene one. That's what I do. I'll write down scene one, and then I'll just say, you know, um, character A. So like, I wrote a horror story. You know, I did. I I wrote a horror story uh, where I had an outline and it was, uh, it was, you know, we meet John, you know, John is in his head. I'm I'm not reading the outline right now. I'm just giving you an example. So I'm like, you know, John is in his house. It's old, decayed, decrepit. Looks like it hasn't been cared for. He hasn't spoken to a human being in years. You know, that may just be that. One sentence, just boom, one sentence, bam, there it is, scene two. We meet Sally. Sally is a doctor, is a doctoral candidate at a local university studying urban legends, right? That's that's it. That's all it is. It's just one sentence. And I go through scene by scene, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen here. Now, in that case, I'm clearly telling a story from two different points of view. And that's really useful for outlining because it keeps a lot of shit straight. But if you're writing just a regular story, you can do the same thing. You know, Bill gets up to go to work, is on his drive. Scene two, Bill arrives at work and talks to his coworker, right? Whatever it is. But go through and take every scene in your story from the opening of it to the end of it and just write one sentence. That's all I do. I write one sentence. Just a general idea of what the story is. It's it's the simplest thing you can do. Oh, the coffee. Um... I do. I write one sentence. I just scene one, sentence, scene two, sentence, scene three, sentence, scene four, sentence. That's it. One sentence at a time, all the way till the end. And then I take a walk or I eat lunch or whatever I do. I put that outline down for a minute and I take a break. And then I come back and I have my outline again. And then I read it. And I do what I call my first outline revision, which is where I read it. And I go, okay, we're John and neglected house. Okay, cool. Um, you know, and then I'll add a second sentence to every scene. So now I've got this idea that we're with John and he's in a neglected house. Uh, you know, well, I might add a scene that I might add a sentence that says the scene takes place following John in a close third person narrative as he as he stalks the house. Okay, cool. Well, that's that's adding more to it, right? Now John is stalking the house. Yeah, you know, I'm giving myself clues. That's what I'm doing as a writer. I'm giving myself clues. 
I'm providing myself ideas for what I'm going to write in the scene. I'll go back and add another sentence. And then I take another walk or eat lunch again or clean something or do something else. And I come back to it and I might write a third sentence and I'll go through and revise my outline until I go, yep, I feel like that's where I'm going to go. That's it. I'm like, I feel like that's where I'm going to go. Now, once I feel like I've got the trip pretty well planned out, I have an idea of where I am and what I'm doing and who's saying what and who's going where, you know, what characters are in what scenes, what kind of is the point, you know, how are we moving forward? I'll even include notes. Like if a scene has to be particularly tense or if this is where the tempo starts to pick up, I'll write that down. You know, scene seven, this is where the tempo picks up, right? So we've had like six scenes of intro and a little bit of exposition, getting to know some people, and it's been kind of now, but now scene seven, boom, we're going, right? We're going to start picking up the tempo. You know, I may make a note that, you know, the climax, I think I wrote a note in an outline one time that says the climax drops like a hammer. Like when we get to that climactic moment, it happens immediately and it immediately kills action. Like it happens and it's done. It's just boom. And so I wrote that like it drops like a hammer because it helped me remember that because I'm not going to get to that scene immediately. That's towards the end of the story. I'm going to get to it later. You know, having those little hints helps. So I'll revise this outline. Again, this is nothing more than me kind of just pitching each little scene of the story. It's just me elaborating the story in my head and writing it down in somewhat of an organized way. Does this sound that hard? Does this sound that burdensome? Is this like, oh, I'm killing my emotional, oh no. No, I write it down. So after I get that done, after I've revised an outline like three or four times, I'm not kidding, I really may revise an outline three or four times until I've got it saying what I want it to say about everything, until all the details that I've got in my head, kind of like the brain dump, right? Did the brain dump, I've come up with some character stuff, i figured out my setting, And now I'm trying to, like, write stuff down, like a sequence of events. And I'm just getting that down. I'm taking all that stuff from the brain dump and everything we've worked on before. And I'm just putting it down in kind of a sequential order so I understand sort of what's going on in my story. Again, don't burden yourself. If you're really going to write, stop worrying about things like story beats and dramatic beats and things like this. This is for, like, principles of script analysis class at college. This is not for you as a writer to spend a whole lot of time worrying about. A good story is a good story is a good story. Um, We kind of live in a checklist culture where people, this is why people turn away from outlines, I think. We live in a checklist culture where we think, okay, cool, I'll describe what I need. I'll get everything down on paper. It'll all be there. I've got it. Excellent. It's perfect. Now I can check the boxes and the story will be done. And uh, we, we forget that that's not really how this works. You know, that's not really how these things go. You know, we, we, we don't need to check all the boxes. We don't need to have like super detailed Joseph Campbell diagrams on the wall. In fact, honestly, aside from a few film directors, like, I don't know if any of you are, have ever watched some of these documentaries uh, about film or whatnot, but I've, I've known guys who did huge Joseph Campbell diagrams for their hero's journey and all, and their story comes out terrible. It's just way over-engineered. That's what I like to call it. It's over-engineered. Lacks a certain, you know, boom. So I get it. I get the organic writing point. But I don't think you have to write without any kind of aid. There you go. It's a write aid. No, that was a terrible pun. So now that I have my outline, how do I use it? What do I do with it? Well, 
I sit it next to me when I write my story, and I use it as a reference point and largely deviate from it. Wait, what? You deviate from it? Yes, I absolutely 100% deviate from my outline. What I write on my outline is very rarely the story. Because once I'm freed from worrying where this needs to go, once I'm freed from having to kind of create forward momentum organically, I'm free to explore the story in a much better way. Right? So, for example, that horror story I told you about, I plotted it out. It was a short story. It it occurred, I broke it down into like 17 scenes, I think. Yeah, it was a short story. I broke it down to like 17 scenes, a sequence of 17 scenes. And, uh, as I kept going, new details popped up. Yeah, I was working with my writing partner on it, and, and she was reading stuff, and he was like, oh my god, you know, where did this detail come from? I'm like, well, it wasn't in the outline. But as I was writing, I needed, like, I, I had a nursery. I had a nursery that was in this decrepit house that's all destroyed. This, like, one pristine, perfectly preserved room is like a baby's nursery. And it wasn't in the original outline. It wasn't even a vague thought. It wasn't in my brain dump. It just came to me as I was exploring this scene where someone's walking through this house and and it organically appeared. But you know why it could? Because that occurs around scene nine, I think. And in scene nine, I know I have to be walking through the house and kind of building tension and setting some stuff up and exploring some things and opening some questions for the reader because by about scene 10, scene 11, shit's about to pick up. Right? So I knew where I was going, so I had time to explore. So details like the nursery, which proved to be a really creepy detail in that story um, that, that worked really well for people who read it, it, it's, it's, it came from the fact that I had this outline. I knew where I was going. I had my roadmap. I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have the stress of writing myself into a corner or of worrying where we're going to go next or what we're going to do. I was able to take that stuff and build a story. And it was great. I'm I'm particularly proud of that detail. So the reason I do outlines is because outlines free me up to write the stories I want to write, how I want to write them, and to include interesting details and really explore stuff without having to worry about, okay, there's A, there's B, where am I going, where am I going, where am I going? Right? I know I used the map GPS thing earlier. I guess you can almost think of an outline like a GPS in a way. Right, because when you're you're driving around with your GPS, you just figure, okay, well, I'll turn off here, and, and then I'll just use the GPS to get back to the highway. I'll go see the world's biggest ball of twine, and then I'll just use the GPS to get back. And we're not talking about whether you should or shouldn't. I'm just saying that's the kind of comfort you have, because you know you'll be able to get back to the highway, so you get a little more exploratory. Right, same thing here. When you know that how to get back to the main road of your story, when you know how to keep it going forward, when you have a general idea of where you're going, then you can get more exploratory and dive deeper. You've taken that initial fear of finishing away. You've already told the story. You told it in that outline. You told it in those scenes. You know what the story is. You've confirmed that in your own head. You've put it down on paper. Technically, you've already written the thing. You just did it in a broken up form. Now you're going to do it in terms of language and and all these other techniques that are writing. So that, my friends, is why I outline. So Matt, if if I want to outline, how do I do this? Really simple. Sit down. Piece of paper. Working title of your story at the top. Scene one. 
One sin's about scene one. All the scenes of your story, break it down however you want. No one's looking at it. That's the thing to remember about your outline. No one's going to see it. I don't care. Is this a scene? Do you want to call it a scene? Well, yeah, then call it a scene. Well, but what if it's not a scene? Are you submitting it to a professor? Is some ways this going in the back of your book? No, this is your pre-writing. No one's going to see this shit. No one is. Let it go. Just write down your outline however you want. Scene one, scene two, scene three. Write down one sentence. Then go back and add one. Then add one. Then add one. Add to it ten times. You can have ten sentence paragraphs about each scene if that's what you want. God knows for a novel, you might. You know? You might. But, but add that however you need until you're like, okay, cool, I've told the story. I know where I'm going. Add some notes to yourself. Where does it need to pick up tension? What are the questions? Do you have to answer a question from earlier in the story? That's a big one, guys. Don't leave that plot hole shit. Outlining helps you avoid plot holes that sometimes don't, that sometimes actually a lot of the time appear in more organic writing because you forgot the thing you said nine chapters before. Right? So just take that time. Write this little outline. This isn't detailed. This isn't your English teacher's outline. This is just nice and simple. Write out those sentences. Revise it to the point where you're comfortable with, where it serves as a good roadmap for you, whatever that looks like. And then sit down and write. So that's what you're doing now. If you're creating a piece along with these podcast episodes and you've done your plot and you're setting your brain up and all, your next step, before we talk again next week and we really get down to some work, is to sit down and, and write your outline. That's it. Just write your outline. Just write it. Nice and easy. However it looks. One sentence a scene works for you, do it. Do the whole thing. So you know where you're going. That's all it needs to be. Doesn't have to be one or the other. You can do both. But most importantly, if what I've said to you sounds like absolute crap or you try it and it just doesn't work, don't do it. Throw it away. I'm not the god of writing. If I were, I would have way more publication credit than I do. Right? Nobody is, really. Like I said earlier, Stephen King is a notorious organic from the seat of his pants writer. James Patterson is a notorious outline writer. They both publish a ton of books and are both very well paid. There's no winner in this debate, okay? That's why it's stupid. Do what works for you. But... If you're nervous, if you often worry, if you find yourself writing in corners, or if you're just trying my method to see if it works for you or what you can steal from me to use for yourself, write an outline. It's easy. It can even be fun. It's not your English teacher's outline. No one sees this but yourself. All right. Well, that's it, guys. I'm back from the flu and kicking. Here we go. Until next time, I'm Matt, just a working writer. And this has been like a confession lesson sort of thing. I don't know. It's murky, so we're going to keep the outro murky. I'll talk to you all again real soon. Mm-hmm.